Join me on my journey as I explore wealth in all areas of life. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucrative Society. Welcome back, everyone. I am joined today by Andrea Jensen. Andrea, thank you so much for jumping on with me to The Lucrative Society. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, I think it's such an awesome topic and so timely with the new year. And yeah, it is so timely. And I would say almost always timely because I don't know about you, but when I think back to some of the mistakes that I've made in money and in finance, I'm like, gosh, any time is a good time to learn something new and to grow from that point. So I'm really, really looking forward to speaking with you to get started and to understand kind of where you've come from. And then we'll get into what you're doing now and and drop in the wisdom. Could you give me a little bit of your wealth evolution? Like talk about what was growing up like to you and then how you landed where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I um, am the byproduct of an entrepreneurial family. So my dad was in the restaurant business and it was, he was the second generation. So I was the third generation working with in the family business. And my mom also was um, an entrepreneur and she was in the healthcare industry. So I learned um, all of my customer service skills in, in the hospitality and in the restaurant business and just watching my dad, he was a master. Like he just loved, genuinely loved people. And that was his outlet and way of, you know, fulfilling that is through the restaurant. He had the same customers that would come in, you know, frequently. And um, I got to watch him you know, the way that he treated them it was like, if they were coming to our house. So I learned some really good nuggets there and just, you know, modeled how he interacted with them and, and the loyalty that that built with the brand and with the family and just, you know, solidified like, okay, this is really cool. I like having these interactions. And that's when I think the entrepreneurial bug kind of bit me and it kind of sprouted from there. And then I, I'm a soccer player and I was playing in high school and got recruited to go play in college. And to be honest with you, I didn't really have a clear path like, oh, I'm going to go to college and do this and end up here. And that's how it's going to be. I just got an opportunity and I jumped at it and I went and I had a lot of fun playing and I decided, well, I'll take business because that's what I know, you know, my coming from my family background. And I started taking accounting classes and I was, you know, you had to take so many of the general classes. And so I dabbled in each of those and accounting just came really easy to me. And I aced accounting one, accounting two. And I thought, oh, this is great. Let's keep taking accounting classes because they're easy. Yeah, just get and through this day, stuff. <laughs> right? And one day my professor, he pulled me aside and he said, you know, this doesn't come naturally to everybody. Accounting is actually something that not very many people just naturally pick it up. And I said, Oh, really? Oh, okay. You know, and so, <laughs> this cracks so I hear this because like most people you say, Oh, you have to take an accounting class. That would be like worse than most things they would think about. And you're like, Oh, I really loved it. Yeah. For me, it was, you know, an easy a, it was some of the other classes I had to really work hard in. And this one, I, I was like, Oh, I'll keep taking accounting classes. So it'll bring my GPA up. And so Fast forward through college, I definitely realized that like money fascinated me, the way money works in the economy, the way money provides opportunity to people, um, just everything about money. And 
I realized that accounting was the language of business. And so I had one leg up by being able to fluently speak, you know, accounting and understand how to read profit and loss statements and balance sheets and statement of cash flow, things like that. So I thought, well, I must need to go work in a big corporate office and show them how fancy I am and that kind of thing. So that's the path I went. I went right into a venture capital firm and I worked there and I, I loved it because it was all these, you know, big deals happening around me, but I didn't realize the opportunity that I was right in the middle of. But once again, I'm watching the money and I'm watching how it's changing hands, how they're, you know, structuring the, the financing for these new companies. And, you know, I was just, that was my happy place. And so then I realized, oh, maybe I need to go work for a bigger corporation and do all these things. And so I was chasing, you know, the big salary and the glamorous desk job, you know, no family, no, and no kids, any of that stuff at the time. And so I went to work for a big corporation. I was the accounting manager for, oh gosh, million dollar company. It was, it was really big. And that's where I kind of started to feel the, the pinch of being in corporate yeah. and I felt a little stifled. So I decided, um, the universe decided for me in some ways. <laughs> I ended up, um, I got pregnant and um, had a beautiful little baby and she was born with cancer. So, yeah. So all of a sudden this whole corporate chasing the, climbing the corporate ladder and chasing that dream, suddenly it was just like, that doesn't even exist anymore. But at the time, I was stuck in corporate because I couldn't get health insurance anywhere else because of my daughter's medical conditions. And you would need that because of the medical conditions. Whoa. Yes. Yes. So here I was still, you know, in my, my thirties with this baby that needed a lot of care and a corporate job that was like, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? And I was like, Oh, never. And then I realized that the health insurance was not something that was, um, I could do on my own. So I had to have a corporate job. So I was really in that, that push pull where I didn't want to, but I had to. And so that's when I kind of devised, like, there's gotta be a better way. And leaning back into, you know, growing up in the entrepreneurial families, that's where I decided like, I'm going to take what I know and I'm going to start my own business. And so that's what I did. I started it on the side. And I started serving small businesses while I was still doing the corporate thing, but it was kind of like my outlet to feel like I was giving back in a way. Like I wasn't so um, impressed anymore by just making a few people a lot of money in the corporate, you know, in what I was doing. I, I had the, the, you know, epiphany with everything having to slow down with my daughter that I wanted to serve more small businesses who were doing really cool things in the world. And so that's how my, my journey into entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial life started. And uh, so fast forward five years, uh, my daughter's good. She's, she's good. 12 now. I'm so happy to hear that. I was like, oh gosh, like I want to ask, but ugh. yes, no, thank you. Yeah. She's, she's doing good. Um, we, you know, she'll always have, we had to remove her, one of her eyeballs because she had retinoblastoma and, but we were able to, we caught it early, thank goodness. And so we were able to 
take care of that situation. And then I was, you know, I had, I had more opportunities now in front of me and I could make some choices that would better serve me. And, you know, as it's unfolded, my mission um, in this world is to really help entrepreneurs, teach them about money, teach them about profits, teach them, you know, really your business exists as a vehicle to fund your life. And whatever you want that life to be is up to you. And I'm going to show you how it's all a math equation. Really, when you, when you think about how cash flow works in a business, it's all an equation. And if you know which numbers to put where and, and what to track and what really matters, then it becomes really easy to have a lucrative cash flow positive business. And so that's that's my mission and that's what I'm up to now. And that's kind of how my journey twisted and turned and I've ended up to where I'm at now. Andrea, I could not love that story more because you amongst many of my guests on this show, I just think, whoa, I wish that I would have known you about 10 years ago because I did not understand all of those things about business. I thought that I was doing this very purpose-based thing and it was very much on my, my mission and my destiny and all of that felt really good, but I didn't really get the whole thing about the cash flow and marketing and sales, which create that cash flow. And if you would have told me what, I, I want to go back to something you just said, because if I would have heard this 10 years ago, I would have been like, what? You said it's actually, it's easy to do this when you understand that it's just math. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I, I would have said, lady, you are crazy. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? This is not easy. There was so much emotion tied into it with me. And just so you, you and I don't know each other very well, but what that turned into 10 years ago for me was living out of my office, filing bankruptcy, like the whole, all the bad things, you know, that all happened. And I'm like, oh, so now it's my mission to help people like you to say, guys, it does not have to be as hard as I made, made it. So can you talk a little bit about like how to extract the emotion and also just how is it that easy? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a method that we call the predictable profit method. And what that means is when you put a certain amount of leads at the top of this funnel and you convert a percentage of those leads into sales, those sales, then you now, you know, you want to make it really easy for people to pay you. So you want to find ways to create the ease and flow there. And we can talk about that too. And then you have to decide, okay, now I have this money. What am I going to do with it? Well, right off the top, you should be putting at least 20% aside into your profit bucket. And we talk about buckets because it helps business owners visualize like, okay, there's only four buckets I have to worry about. Everything else kind of falls into place. And so those four buckets are your cost of goods sold, your general and administrative expenses, or sometimes people will call them overhead your marketing bucket and your profit bucket. And when you say, okay, every dollar represents a hundred percent. If I only can split that hundred percent up between these four buckets based on my business model and, and how much it costs me to deliver the product or service I'm selling, how do I allocate that percentage in a way that I'm already taking the 20% putting that away. So now I'm left with the 80%. 
So then the business owner should look at it and say, okay, it, how much does it cost me to deliver my product or my service? Start there. That should be somewhere around 40 to 50%. If it's any higher than that, then there's a problem with your business model and, or your pricing. One of the two. So there you go. We're back to just, it's, it's some knob totaling to get it to the right percentage point. And then you look at your um, general administrative. You want to keep that between 20 and 30% and your marketing, depending on the life you know, stage of your business, anywhere between 10 and 15%. So play with the numbers for your specific business and see what's the right allocation. And now you have the framework of a budget. So then you take and say, okay, if I only have 20% from my general and administrative expenses, this is represents, you know, in my sales, whether it's your actual sales or your sales goal, it's going to tell you exactly how much you can allocate to spend on the different softwares or your rent or your cell phone, like all that has to fit in that bucket. Otherwise you got to cut it. So um, by looking at it, you know, just real basic equation wise, I think it really helps business owners not feel so afraid and overwhelmed that's like, oh, I don't know how to do a budget. It's like, well, just let's break it down. Yes, you do. So what I like about that so much is one of the things that really helped me back in the day was taking T. Harv Ecker's idea about the jars or envelopes, which is very similar to your buckets, but he's talking more about your personal life. So if you had a job and then we're getting a paycheck and didn't have to worry about taxes and all the things, but your percentages are based on running a business, which is super helpful for all of us. Now, what are some of the mistakes that you see people making a lot or often? Because I feel like you'll probably see many things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we've worked with hundreds of, of entrepreneurs and we've We've seen it all and we've heard it all. And it really boils down to, I said it earlier, and, and it's one of my favorite things to really convey to business owners is that money equals opportunities. It doesn't make you greedy. It doesn't any of the other things, but you've got to give your money structure. Okay. Money likes structure and you have to really make sure that Number one, the first thing you should be doing as a business owner, your very, very first hire should be a bookkeeper. It can be super part-time. You don't have to, you know, spend a lot of money if you're not, you know, ready for that in that, in your business, but get somebody that's tracking all the money coming in and all the money going out because it, it, number one, it's going to teach you to really like pay attention because you've got somebody that's there that is no emotion at all. They're just like, Hey, I'm tracking what's in what's out. And here's your report. And it's really just a scorecard. You know, it's not a representation of you as a human being. It's just, this is where I'm at. This is my business model. And it will, you know, if you're serious about running a business, it's going to show you where there's opportunities to improve things. And it's going to show you, um, what's working so you can do more of it. And that's really important also. So hire a bookkeeper, first things first. And second thing is make sure you're collecting your money and that you're not putting any emotion into that. So, you know, it's an exchange of energy when we sell a product or service. And I see a lot of business owners that they, they don't want to, it's hard to be the person that sells it, delivers it, and then collects the money for it. It is, it's difficult for one person to kind of wear those different hats. 
but it's so, so, so important to make sure that you're, you're not letting your receivables build up because your cash flow is so dependent on that wheel spinning all the time. And if you slow that wheel down or it stops for even a week or two, it's going to have a, a ripple effect in your business. And then all of a sudden you're going to scramble and make some bad choices when really it was just a product of not collecting that money fast enough. Definitely been there, done that. Yes. <laughs> no, what I love about this is it just, it does simplify the whole thing and everything you're saying about, about bringing the emotion away from it. And even if it is somebody else doing it for you, that is, is so great. So I want to shift gears just a little bit. I want to get inside your mind about how you, not necessarily how you would say something to a client, and it may be the same thing, but really how you think about money and about wealth. One of the questions that I love to ask all my guests is how do you specifically define wealth? What is wealth to you? Um, wealth to me is freedom of time it's choices, it's opportunity. You know, a lot of times money will buy you a seat at the table for an elevated conversation or an opportunity to really fulfill some of your personal missions in, in life. So I look at money as a vehicle. I don't look at money as something I want to hoard and keep a lot of, because to me, the, the flow of it, like if, if, money coming in and money going out, if I'm very purposeful and that money is going, you know, into other investment vehicles or going to a charity or going to, it's got a good purpose. So I'm happy to keep bringing in more because I I'm happy where it's going. And I feel that if you hold on to all the money and keep it inside, you're kind of cutting off that, that flow and that circulation. So that's one thing that I view about money. And I also, to me, it's, it's energy. It's a currency. It's just, uh, you know, I'm going to provide value to you and you're going to, the way you're going to, you know, pay is, is with money and, but it's just an exchange, you know, it could be anything. It could be where you pay me in carrots or whatever I ask you for, for, you know, for the service I'm providing. But it, you know, if you take the emotion out of it and just look at it in that aspect, it makes it easier to make more of it and money will be attracted to you. I still remember just as I'm listening to you, I still remember the very first person who ever told me, this is easy. It's just math. And then he proceeded to draw out this whole thing and say, you know, it's essentially what you said. This is how many people you bring in and then go through the stages. I thought he was crazy. <laughs> I thought I was like, no, you don't understand. It's not just math. It's all this other chaos. But what I recognized eventually was that was chaos within me, not the actual system or the structure. And I so appreciate what you said about structure too, because a lot of newbie entrepreneurs that I work with, they resist and actually fight against structure. Their, their mentality is kind of like, Mindy, this is why I left corporate. Like I don't want any of the structure, any of the constraint that they felt there. I just want freedom. So then they take that freedom into all cut into their time, into their money. And I'm like, hold on, <laughs> hold on. So can you talk a little bit more about that? I loved what I wrote down money likes structure that you said earlier. I love that. Yeah. So I, I like to talk about financial anchors. And a lot of times when somebody hears the word anchor, they think exactly that. Oh, it's going to hold me down and it's going to, yeah. And if you think about, if you 
close your eyes and picture a boat out in the water with its anchor down, that boat is still on top of the waves bobbing and weaving and it's moving about. So the anchor is not designed to keep it in one spot, static. The anchor is designed to kind of keep it in the general area, right? They, they don't stay one spot. They have, it floats around a little bit and it moves with the currents and things like that. So think of your budget, your financial, your, your cash flow forecast. Think of your job costing. Think of your staff utilization schedule as anchors. And so when you decide I'm going to start a business, whatever your goal may be, you want time freedom, financial freedom, there, a number needs to be assigned to it so that you have a, okay, here's where I'm at on my roadmap. Here's where I want to be in one year, three year, five year. And that those financial anchors that you're going to build are the, the map turn right here, go left here, go straight through that light. That's going to tell you how to get from point A to point B without giving like super rigid. And it gives you room to like flow with opportunities that come your way or flow with, you know, a joint venture or whatever it may be, but you're still going to be in that general vicinity of going from point A to point B. And you get to fill in the blanks of how you get there using those financial anchors as your guideposts. You know, people say feelings are like signposts. If you're having a bad feeling, it's because something's not, you know, you're going down the wrong path. Well, think of your financial anchors the same way. If you're way off track, then you're like, hey, I need to re recalculate, revisit. What am I doing exactly? One of my metrics is off. I need to, you know, figure it out and get back on track. They're designed to help you. They're like guide, guide rails. I like that a lot. It reminds me, I'm, I'm pretty outdoorsy and it reminds me of just where sometimes in really extreme places, they've actually put into the rock either a handrail or something to latch into or something. And it's just like little tethers that help you along, but don't constrain you by any sense. It's for your protection. So I love that analogy. That's great. Now, I have a framework that I like to ask all of my guests, and it's based on an acronym called HERB, H-E-R-B. And I'd love to get your responses to these four different segments, because what it allows us to do as your audience is just understand the way things work in your life and maybe we can implement some of those in our life. So the H stands for habits. What are some of the habits that you have that really help you to attain the level of success that you've attained and maintain that, all of those things? Mm, that's a great question. So, well, non-negotiables is my morning routine. That includes meditation, journaling, um, really just kind of centering myself before I start my day and before, you know, emails come in and phones ringing and I can kind of get pulled off um, in a lot of directions because one thing about me is, is, you know, I'm a nurturer and anybody that works with me, any of our clients, like their business is my business. And so I'm very, very, very involved. And so that can take a lot out of a person. And so if I don't take that time to, to make sure that I've got my head on straight and clear, then I can kind of, you know, get pulled in a lot of different directions and, and not provide the best, you know, be the best for my clients. And that's what they deserve. And that's why they, they work with me. The other habits is I am, I mean, I guess by nature, because I'm an accountant, I run my business and we've got a big team 
and we do a good amount of revenue. I run it all by my reports. So I'm looking at metrics, key performance indicators. No, (laughs) No, not really. I've learned to, you know, I think sales was the part that I had the most emotions in because I felt like if somebody said, no, they didn't want to work with me, that it was me personally. Um, And it took time to realize that no means not right now. It doesn't mean, you know, anything other than that. So, but as far as looking at, okay, here's our goals. Here's how many, and we always talk about, here's how many business owners we want to serve. So we start with that and then we, you know, break it down from there. Okay. So what has to happen in the marketing? What has to happen in the lead gen? What has to happen over here? So on, so on, so on. And so I really run my business from looking at all of those reports and leading indicators are really important to look at because that's going to tell me what's going to happen in three months down the road. We're really tracking those things. So habits are, you know, my morning routine, looking at and managing the numbers by, you know, it's metrics, it's data. That's all it is. It's my buddy. It's there to tell me what's working and what's not. Um, And so I'm really, really good about doing that and teaching other business owners how to do that. Um, and then I, I like to move, I like to play soccer and, and exercise and things like that. So nice. Now, what time is your morning routine? Are you an early, early bird or are you kind of later morning? What, what time does this happen? Yeah. So I have a one-year-old right now. So my routine is kind of like a deck of cards. <laughs> right <in> the air. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I'm at the whim of her, but usually it's, it's, um, I'm getting better about starting my day, you know, giving myself that space to start my ease into the day. So I'm, I'm not an early, early morning person. I'd say it's probably between eight and nine. Most days. You're speaking my language. I, and you actually, that's exactly the way that I say it is easing into my day. I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't think we need to get up at 5am to be successful and all, you know, all the things that people say. So I'm all about it. I, I just wanted to capture this for our listener. I loved what you said about feeling like their business, meaning your clients' businesses, their business is like my business. And that brought me back to what you were saying about your dad, what you learned from him is like, it would be like people coming into your home for a meal at that restaurant and just part of the family. And that that feels so resonant to the way in which he ran that business or those businesses to how you're doing that now. And I love that because then people feel so cared for and comfortable in that space. So that was awesome. Thank you. And you know, I think that the, the accounting model, the accounting profession in general is one of the last industries to be modernized. That was one of the things I I didn't like about corporate is it felt like either you're part of the club or you're not. That's one thing that we've set out to change. You know, when we talk about, um, you know, the services that we provide, it's like, we're so approachable. Education is a huge component of what we do because I want to teach you the business owner. Once you know this information, you will never run your business. You'll never go back to the way you ran it before because it's so liberating and it's so empowering. And so, yeah, so, so we're out to change the model, uh, the paradigm of the traditional thought of working with a CPA firm is, is, this and we're the complete opposite over here. <laughs> well, you know what you said, you called it modernized. I would dare to say almost feminized because the way that you're talking about it is a, a nurturing 
capacity, which a lot of white dudes don't necessarily have. They had the skill set in terms of the numbers and the math, but you bring such a, a different feel to that and nurture to that, which again, I super appreciate. So let's move on to the E in our equation here. The E stands for environment. Now you mentioned you have a one-year-old, so I'm really curious about this. <laughs> environment can be you know, your home, your office, your car, wherever you spend your time, but what do you allow in or not allow in so that you can maintain your focus, your, your sanity, you know, your work ethic, all of those things? Yes, I'm very, very curated with my environment. I love that word. <laughs> the, the nice way to put it, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm protective of what I let in as far as like, uh, news sources and, and what's going on. And, and, um, I'm also my home. So I, I have a home office. My team is, we've been remote since the get go. So when everybody went remote, we were like, okay, nothing's changed here. Business is usual. <laughs> Same old thing. Um, yeah. So my office is, is like a, you know, my sanctuary. When I walk in, I, I genuinely go, ah, cause it's just so it's peaceful and it's calm. And, and I'm like that with, you know, my family too. We've got nice music going. I've either got jazz when I'm cooking dinner or classical on in the evenings. And, and we just really take time to kind of unplug and, and just relax. But yeah, in general, it's just only things that bring me joy in my home. And it's just very curated. Awesome. So the R stands for resources. And this is my favorite one because I could geek out on books and courses and all the things for ever. But I always love to ask people, what are some of the resources that have either taught you, inspired you, motivated you that you would recommend to others? Ooh, that's a, I could go on for a long time on that. I let's know. I always, I'm like, let's just make a show about that. Let's just talk about the books and cool things that, you know, are out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, so I'm really big on surrounding myself with people who are up to big things in the world. So I want to be around the movers and the shakers and the people who are challenging me to think about things in different ways. So podcasts, audible, I use that a lot. What are some of the, you know, Google Sheets is like my kryptonite. I, everything in my life is in Google Sheets. I love Google um, that is for that purpose. <laughs> yes. Confessions of an accountant. Yeah. The joke around my family is like, anytime there's a, a holiday or, you know, we're planning like who's doing, bringing what meal things, everyone gets a spreadsheet. Yeah. I think as far as like, uh, you know, other tools and things like that, it's masterminds are huge because you're around other industries that you can like cross pollinate ideas. And I think that's why we've been so successful is I don't follow any of my industry, like stick, like norms and what other people are doing with their firms. Nice. I'm bringing in all the different things that feel good to me and make me want to work with me. I like how you said that. Make me want to work with me. That's that's a super critical part. Rounding out our acronym here with the B, the B stands for beliefs. And I'm curious about what are some of your worldviews or core beliefs that have really developed you into the woman that you are, the business leader that you are, and you know how that shows up in your life? I think 
One thing that I've heard that's really stuck with me and I think molded me is if you want to um, make a million dollars, help a million people. And I, what rings true to me about that is it's in my nature to help people. I'm a Libra. So I'm always looking, oh, nice. Too. I'm always looking, you know, balancing out. I want it. It's a win-win. They're going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. Okay. Then that's the solution I want to um, move forward with. So, you know, kindness is, is the way to lead and generosity and it'll always come back to you and, you know, in spades and just really, I, I definitely have a, the uh, half full glass is always half full rather than half empty. And I think as business owners and visionaries, you know, that you have to have that outlook because there's days when things are just, you're just getting pounded with this, then this, then you got to deal with this. And then over here and, if you don't have that outlook, it's, it's hard to just keep going, like just keep, you know, keep on building what it is that you're on a mission to do. And so um, I think having that positive outlook and just really, you know, like, and at the end of the day, there's so many other people that I'm not curing cancer. I'm not doing all these amazing things, but I'm doing my small part to, uh, you know, if I can help you grow your business and be financially sound, then how many more people are you able to help? And it's a ripple effect that's just going to, you know, do better in the world. And so that kind of lights me up and keeps me going. I love that. I want to ask you a follow-up question on that because you were talking about as business owners, you know, we, we can get hit with all of these different things. And as, as you well know, you know, with your daughter's situation, as I well know, having lost my husband, it's life. Like it's not, it's even beyond business. Life will, will hit you. How do you maintain that, that positivity, that optimistic attitude of glass half full when those, when life happens, you know, the really serious big things? Yeah. You know, especially in times like what we're going through right now, it's just more of a reminder to kind of get your ducks in a row. If you've, you know, out of all the things that could be, if you can get at least the stability of half of those, then the other half, you've got that bandwidth to deal with. And as business owners, you know, we, I have employees, their families, their livelihood depend on me to keep the business going to keep making sales. So I just look at it as these are the foundations of my business. And I, um, I know that those are handled so then I can handle the other stuff. You just don't know what's coming your way, but if you've got most of the stuff under control, then you can handle the, the wild card here and there. I like that a lot. And I would say, you know, again, to the listener, just to kind of earmark this, you use the word stability and I would trace that back again to structure. The more structure you have in place, just on a day-to-day -day basis, then when the shit hits the fan or things get crazy, that structure holds and that can carry you through. That is the stability that you're talking about. So I, I totally appreciate that. So Andrea, this has been awesome. I could talk to you much, much, much longer, but if our listener is interested in saying, hey, I'm I'm digging this whole cash flow CFO thing. Like, where can I learn more? Where would you like to send them? Yes, um, you can come check us out on our website, thecashflowcfo.com. And you can um, find out about our 
educational programs that we're launching this year. Uh, we're really excited. We're going to be teaching business owners those financial anchors that I mentioned earlier. So putting together a cash flow forecast, pricing their products and services, um, putting together a budget, putting together the, the metrics, you know, how many leads do you need to close X amount of dollars in sales? We walk you through how to figure out all those numbers. Um, and then we'll help you set up your, your accounting system too, so that you've got it from soup to nuts, what's coming in the top of the funnel, what's going out at the bottom, all the good stuff so that they can build those financial uh, foundations to go out and have more time freedom, have more freedom with their family and have that stability. Fantastic. So if you're listening to this, definitely go check out her website at thecashflowcfo.com. Andrea, thanks so much. This has been an absolute delight. Thank you. It was great. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to The Lucrative Society on iTunes and please leave a review of the podcast. Visit lucra.com for transcripts and resources or to become a member of The Lucrative Society where I coach purpose-based entrepreneurs on business, mindset, and heartset. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.